Alrighty, welcome to Romare Records Podcast. Today we have on... I'm Zachary McElwain. I'm one of the guitarists with Flirting with Sincerity. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jake Savage. I play drums. I'm Taylor Black, and I play bass. And I'm John Wilkerson. I play the other guitar. Awesome. And Flirting with Sincerity, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah, I had a band on um, a while back, and they all introduced themselves, and then they were like, by the way, our band name. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot to say that, but that is important. So, um, yeah, I have got linked up with y'all through, um, I think you saw um, Victoria, Victoria mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. podcast. So it's always good to have people on that uh, saw somebody else. So that means I know that at least one person out there is actually watching the podcast. So, um yeah, let's get into pretty much um, how y'all became a band and what you're doing now. So, um, yeah, whoever the most talkative person. <laughs> I would say he's got the history on deck right yeah, now. Yeah, um, yeah I would. Yeah, I would say we started um, basically. We formed in college. Like this is sort of an extension of the band that we had from uh, like started back in high school, just from playing music around. And uh, when we got to college, we kind of like got to pick out our sound a little bit more and kind of decide like, okay, we want to be like sort of a variety of things. It doesn't want to just be like a, a sort of alternative rock or a specific window. And so what we try to do is kind of just extrapolate from our influences and what we like. So what we all like might be a little bit different, but we want to put that together and just kind of have like a good time. Excuse me, and not like really put like a label on it. Like kind of get it to where it's, um, it, it just is what it is. You know, mm. if, it's a, if it's a good beat, if it's a catchy riff, it, it carries on, it's good. But it's like not dependent on We've got to make this one dark. <laughs> you know, it's not like that at all. It's just, it's whatever you feel at the time kind of thing. I actually was listening to a, a Bobby Osinski podcast, and he was talking about how um, genres are actually going away. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of silly topic at first, and then I realized, like, a lot of times when you have somebody and you're listening to them and you're trying to explain to somebody, somebody's like, well, what's the music like? And you're like, well do you know so-and-so? You know, you start comparing them to other people. You don't really give them a genre unless it's, like, kind of obvious, like a like a rap or you just say rock or something like that. But um, other than that, I mean, we've, we've started to get so many genres and these sub-genres that it's almost like there is no genre. You know what I mean? Just kind of like like races. Like, we're everybody's having interracial sex and now we're having babies of people who are mixed races and now it's like... Well, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a person. But that's now. good, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a good thing. I mean, especially now- the genre is going away, too, though, because, like, that's, you know, I feel like that can be limiting. Yeah, You yeah. know, for anybody. I mean, like, it's any, any kind of label can be very limiting, of course, but I think, like, definitely the way to get around it is the actions speak louder than words. So you can, you know, you can be something that is the different, uh, is the exception, I guess, to that expectation. And that's like what's important. I guess that's like your personal duty of like an artist is to like express your truth and express a side of reality people may not be open to, but then also like, you know, express an individuality that you otherwise couldn't in your role of like day to day life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's music is something that uh, branding is a big deal, but at the same time, uh, you want to capture as many people as you can, right? Like, you don't want to be like, well, if I'm a rock band, 
I only want people who like rock. Well, not necessarily. Yes, that's where you're going to get most of your benefit from is people who like rock because that's that's the the merch they're going to buy, the the instruments that they probably like hearing and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you really want to get wherever you can. So being genre neutral is a is a good thing so yeah. do you like rock music like old stuff and like so what's, what's your genre like so i was born in 92 okay and uh, i grew up on like smashing pumpkins um creed um let's see who else was a really big into like it was just that that era mm-hmm. of of music i was about to be like please say limp biscuit there was so many bands like that that was the music back then and that, that was pretty much what i listened to all the time but like nowadays like i can't really give you names of people like uh ryan who owns uproar recording downstairs he introduced me to a uh, motionless and white have you ever heard of them yeah yeah, yeah. i really like them he, he told me about them and i was like that's, this is a great rock band but like as far as modern day bands i don't really know many like i still listen like if i'm going to listen to rock i still listen to the bands i grew up on do you consider sonic pulse a band i don't even know what sonic pulse is that's bruno mars and and anderson pock the uh what's it uh smoking out the window oh yeah, okay so you are you asking me is it a band yeah does it count as a band? Because it's kind of a super group. You know, you got That's Anderson Pac, who is his own star. You got Bruno Mars, who is an unarguable, like, pinnacle of pop yeah, stardom. Yeah. But I think they're a band. I feel like the vibe of them is like a band. Even though they're, like, kind of their mm. own pop things, there's a collaboration involved that's kind of, like, gives it an edge, you know? So, like... So, I guess the question is... They're a modern band. What What do you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what is a band? Because, um, so, I don't know if y'all listen to Skrillex, but... Uh, one of Skrillex's old albums, he takes in a, a sample of somebody talking. And while the person's talking, um, they're saying, they're just describing, like, they sound really monotone. And they're just like, I, I, I could see um, in the future one, one person on stage um, just using electronic uh, sounds. It's David Bowie. Oh, is it David Bowie? I think it's David Bowie. I think that's right. So yeah, he, he I think took that's that a David Bowie sample. Yeah, he, he's taking that yeah, sample, and I'm just like, well, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's what we have now. It's just DJs on stage, just playing some music, and you know, you can use samples, and boom, there you go. Yeah. It, that's that's what we have now, and as you said, modern day band. You know, that's that's a whole band. That might you, be the most <laughs> definition we get out of it. Yeah, is multiple so, artists I feel like playing a band the same is song. It's like a you know, like if you get that vibe, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, really, any. Two people can make a band. Is a one? Are you a one person hey, band? Duos are my favorite types of bands. I yeah. think duos are kind of where it's at. No offense, boys. <laughs> <laughs> We've been thinking the about black. actually turning into a duo. Two, yeah. You yeah. can make two duos. For you. Yeah. <laughs> we just haven't really figured out how to do it with four people yet. Yeah. That way, we only need one other band to book a full show. Leaves you flexible. It's gonna be great, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Start a feud between them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the definition of band, I think, has definitely changed with the way technology has evolved. I mean, as you said, you know, you could, is Bruno and Anderson Pack like, is that a band? Sure. Yeah, I love Sonic Pulse. When I was working yeah, at FedEx, awesome. like, I worked at FedEx for, like, two years, uh, from, like, 2020 to 2022, and I would just, like, constantly, like, they would have this speaker, this, uh, this lady who worked on the ramp, she'd bring out this speaker um, whenever we were inside, like, pulling off the slides. Um, she would play just... When Make sure you get closer to the mic. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> two years ago, <laughs> when I worked at FedEx, um, there was this lady with this boombox. And uh, basically, she played that 
album when it came out, like nonstop. And it was just like, it was, it was a good vibe. Cause one, I hated working in FedEx, but two, it was just, it was so fun. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like you're like cleaning your house or like doing some dishes and just like vibing to like, you know, like, you know, like just your cleaning house yeah, music. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little brighter. It's like the end of the movie. Everybody's mm -hmm. all right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I love that album. I love that duo. I love everything mm -hmm. Anderson Pac does, everything Bruno Mars does. And so that group was just like, yes. Like, yeah. But, I mean, they really brought funk. I'm, I'm not going to say back, but they brought it to the forefront. They definitely, definitely. brought it forward again. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like and I was hoping for that one. What did, what did Bruno do? What did he do in that? Like when he first, he did a funk song when everybody was like, was it just Uptown Funk? Was that his first like kind of? I mean, yeah, I'd, so, yeah, I'd say that was Uptown his first Funk. funk step. Uh, Twenty Four Carat. That was that was kind of a funk song. Mm -hmm. um, just his his style of music is for everybody, and that is something that I don't think a lot of musicians think about when they're making music. Um, I deal with a lot of rappers, so especially them. Like you have to if if you want to be on that level of like where Bruno and all of them are their music speaks to everybody, whether you're a baby or you're 90, like you can listen to their music. So if you want to reach that kind of audience and make that kind of money where everybody's buying your album, you have to make that kind of music. And that's what Bruno does. Like he's a genius when it comes to doing music as far as like marketing wise, because he's, he's going to be on everything. Like you, you can't get around without listening to Bruno. I love Bruno. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like we say that and like you have to have that mentality from make that type of money, but like there's nothing wrong with not wanting to do that in any yeah, way yeah. whatsoever. Though, yeah. Right. You know, like honestly, like I have a lot of respect for the people who are like, this is my niche. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. I sound like this. If you don't like me, fuck you. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> like going that's on. okay yeah. too. That's yeah, not what like we want to do, but that's, that's yeah. okay. Like you can, you know, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like me personally, uh, I just have never, I've made a lot of like different types of music, you know, and never once have I like wanted to fold towards the wanting to appeal to like mm -hmm. more people. It also explains why I'm not a millionaire musician. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, why I live in like an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, you make the sacrifices you make, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah. I just like it's just I just I, I lean towards like those like like we were talking about all those like weird we were talking about like all those like weird genres and you everything now. I know, bro, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep leaning over Taylor over here. Sorry, but, I'm um, Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like um what was I even saying? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just not getting into yeah, like Yeah, so like there's all these like specific genres and everything now yeah. and like there is some weird ones out there now, you know, like they like even when I like, explain people like what does your band sound like? The only thing I can say is rock now. Because we do so many different niche things mm. already with like on a song by song basis mm. that it makes it hard to identify exactly what we do. Mm. But it's like there's like a genre called witch house out there. Have mm. y'all ever heard of that? No. So witch house is this like underground electronic music from Russia <laughs> and they just try to make it sound scary. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they just like sample like horror movies and stuff, and just try to make it scary, and like it just looks it like witches would make it, and that's it's why they call scary. it that. Yeah, it's like, like kind of like heavy. It's not like screaming, but it's like kind of like yeah, it's like bzzz, yeah. Boom, 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 like it's you like know that kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Like so, it's just it's like I I lean as like me consuming music. I lean more towards the super niche like weirdos. Of the industry, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. you know the people yeah. who are like, yeah, like I've been doing this for ten years and like I'm homeless. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's 
you know, multiple ways to skin the cat. Like what? You, can, <laughs> you can pick whatever you want to do. Like there's no, that's the, that's the best part. And the worst part about um, the music business is there's no rule book. You just do what you want to do. And if you become that millionaire, great. And if you don't, then, oh, well, you, you chose to do what you wanted to do. And that's, as I said, that's that's the pros and cons of the music business. Like you, there's no like, well, you step one, do this. Step two, do this, and then you'll be on your way to being successful. It's like no, just all right. This is the music business. Figure it out. So yeah. some people have figured it out. Some people just haven't. But yeah. I it just it, takes time. I think it's so case by case for whatever niche that person's trying to go for. Too like that guy who wants one niche is like you can absolutely do it. You just have to stand in the right place and do it in yeah. front of the right people. And I think. Actually, with the whole genre blending thing that's happening, that gets way complicated. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I'm supposed to market to, and I don't know how to reach them. Yeah. And I don't know how to reach them, 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 and them all mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. No, I don't I, have a solution to this problem. That came up. <laughs> no, Nobody does. I, I totally like, well. know exactly what John is saying right now. Like, 100%. Like, at least with our music, it's like... Like we we'll play a set and then get off stage and it's like we have like teenage kids coming up to us being like that was awesome and then I have like a seventy year old man be like that was great you guys are gonna do great things I'm like who <laughs> like, yeah. who do we mark like what's what do we yeah. do here yeah. <laughs> you know like where is the area that we're supposed to like. <laughs> and then it's like, well, apparently we did it right because we had all these people. So. Yeah, it yeah. does feel a little weird though, because if you do try to like, oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered. It's gonna be a bit. It, it's always a bit hard, I think, with any project, album, or whatever you do to go. It's an it's an unnatural process to say like, all right, boys, this is our this is our group we're going for. This is like the angle. Like no more of this. We got to look at it like that. You know. It's always a bit like weird to look at it that way. Mm. So like I think that's why our philosophy is a bit more loose and based around like the content creation and then building the world and the story around it is because it's like then your justification is around the soul of the project mm. and you're not justifying anything. You're kind of like everything's based around that kind of center point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So like it's a song by song basis. Like so you write one happy song and then the next one might be like but that's what happens if you don't, you know, like, you know, it's like you can carry on with it. You can like kind of tell a little story and then, Oh, and then they got lost and that kind of thing. So like, yeah. So what are y'all lost my rant, but you know, <laughs> yeah. so what are y'all doing fantastic. right now? Are we doing singles? We doing albums? You doing both? Bit of everything. Okay. Uh, we've got, um, one single coming out in six days on the 26th. And, um, that's uh that's gonna be John's song. That one's called "Going Away." Okay. Um, and uh, we actually have um, an artist that we work with. Um, her name is Bright Wizard on Instagram. If y'all want to check her out, she's amazing. Um, but she's actually making our artwork for like our merchandise for uh, the previous single and this one. But we'll be releasing like some T-shirts with like her prints and like her Ooh. art on it. She has like her signature with it and everything. But um, we've got that coming out this week, and then we'll have an EP that's coming out in the fall. Um, and right now we're really just bunkering down and like recording um, because we're going to have a few more singles, another EP um, and an album all coming out. We're trying to like just mass produce mm. like a lot of songs right now. So basically um, in the fall, we'll start. Um, we're actually doing that right now. We're like shopping venues to figure out where we want to book in the fall. Um, it's probably going to be like late in November. Mm. Um, but basically that'll just be around the EP release, um, which we don't have a date for yet, but we know it's going to be late November you know, early December. That's kind of like what we're looking at right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, John's single is going to front that one out and then we're going to come out with the uh, the EP and everything with that. Is the single on the EP? 
Yes. Yeah, it's going to okay. be on the movie. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some people not use, they'll use a single to promote an album, but then it actually isn't a part of the album. Yeah. I've then seen people, that's the first song on the album. And if it's that ver- single. So. If it's very single heavy, like their marketing, that actually makes some sense to me, actually, mm-hmm. because um, a big thing I've been afraid of, like we're actually, this is going to be the second single that's on the CP. I'm very worried about starting a habit of releasing three singles. Oh, an EP's out. Five songs. Three of them we've already heard. <laughs> yeah. But so, have y'all done an LP? Like, have you had you know twelve, eighteen songs? That's we sort got of one what it's works. going to like become. So, yeah. like, okay. the reason we're doing it this way is it'd be like to the two singles that we release would be very like contrasting singles. So it's basically meant to be like the sort of two wide ends of like what you'd be looking at, and mm. then you would get the EP and you'd get this sort of more complete story. And then we'd have, you know, another single come out and then another EP. And then we're going to make those part of like the larger part, which is the full album. Um, So we will have a double album in about a year and a half that we're working on. Um, But this is sort of just the like little like steps up to that. Um, And so it's going to start with the singles and then it all becomes part of that, you know. Um, But I kind of wanted it to be like a a flip over where it's like, oh, that's more context. Oh, wait, that's the back part of it. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. But But we're also home recording, so we didn't want to spend 10 years on a double album. That helps. (laughs) Yeah, and just so y'all know, uh, Zach and John here are... uh, like certified, educated recording engineers. So it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They got degrees in this shit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) At least he doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) I do and Ryan does. No. no, I'll come in with like my home recording experience, like working on stuff and I'll be like, this is what's going to sound good. And they're like, no. (laughs) What do you mean? They're like, that does not sound good. I'm like, we're going to put this right on the fridge. So what how, what have, what's your experience with recording? Like how long you been been doing that? Um, well, I went to U of M for recording technology, so um, I just did all that through there. Um, I didn't really do much with it after, besides like uh, apply it to the band and stuff. But yeah, so why'd you go? Why did I, I was I, I just love music. I wanted to go to college for music. I didn't make the cut for performance. I was going to go for a saxophone performance, but mm-hmm. I just didn't make the cut. Okay. And then uh, I moved to sound engineering, so I was like, this stuff is cool. This is like the black magic of how music is formed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just got into it, but hmm. yeah. And yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I decided to do music business, and <laughs> this is kind of funny, but 18-year-old me looked at the uh, math requirements and said, oh my God, recording technology <laughs> requires calculus, and I don't want to do calculus again. It sucked. I so I did music calculus. business, which requires statistics, and I like barely tried and passed. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, like when I starting at like 13 or 14, my dad started getting into just like buying music equipment, hosting bands. Um, he started actually just like for church events and stuff, doing the mixer board on like their, I don't know what you call it, like the Oktoberfest type mm-hmm. events they always had. And so I never got a formal education and how to do live or recorded music, but just like 10 years of experience up until that point. Okay. So basically touching the stove when it's hot and going, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's very crucial, like especially if you have a band. Like It's crucial that all of you have some understanding of like what's going on. Like from start to finish, um, the the setup, the the doll that you're using, um, how you're recording, like you should have just that. a little bit of knowledge about everything because that helps out tremendously. I would say like for sure, like all jokes aside, like when it comes to like recording, um, that's the part like we I think all like take 
a deep pride in. Mm -hmm. um, we basically, like, we all did go to school um, for music and stuff. Um, I didn't finish. He didn't finish. <laughs> Uh, he's our degree boy. Yeah. But, um, I'm sorry, John. I thought you finished. My yeah. bad. <laughs> I'd like to apologize. I was like, John, John totally finished. My bad. Here at the Bureau, we'd like I to say, our no, bad. Now I step right up to um, the line and then step back one. But, um, but yeah, like, I think, like, the thing is, is we picked up little bits and pieces. And the same way, like, you know, when I, I reached a certain point in college, where I was like, I honestly don't want to end up at a certain point of debt. Let's be realistic. If I mm. have a music degree, I'm not paying this off efficiently. Mm. Not doing anything I enjoy. So the thing to do, if I want to get better at music and I want to have the time to excel at that or get, a, get to be a better songwriter or anything, is to honestly take the hit, start making money, try to pay that debt off, and meanwhile try to you know actually build up my, my sort of, I guess, momentum. Like mostly mm. as a songwriter. Songwriting was really important to me. And I realized like working nine to five or doing this or that, it's going to be very hard to do songs. Like you mm. can do it absolutely, um, but it's a huge sacrifice and everybody that's doing it knows that. So yeah. like it's it's just a lot. I mean, I'm still doing that now. I'm totally like working a 9 to 5 and yeah. doing songwriting, but it took a long time to kind of master that like master your own energy and your own time and just knowing like yeah, I'm not going to do it on Tuesdays. That's going to be a Wednesday, bro. <laughs> that's going to be a Wednesday. Yeah. Like yeah. but you know, we very do what we can. We make it work and it's getting better. But the thing is is I think we all have different like levels of what we like to go into music wise. Like me and John are the music theory nerds. Like we're super into theory. Mm. Um, Thor is incredible at improv. That's his nickname, by the way. We call him Thor. Yeah, um, I was like, pause. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, basically he's the he's the shredder. He can like just come up with something like on the spot and just improv basically like a jazz legend over mm. everything. So like. The it's, chops guy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's chops and then like he'll put jazz in like a rock riff or something and like <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like it's cool stuff. But we've all got like different like I think angles and like talents. The cool thing is kind of just when you kind of like lock in and just you know like that yeah. kind of like it feels very like trancy when you like actually lock in with like a bunch of different people and y'all just like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. that's a cool feeling. Um, who's the lyricist in the group? That would no, be sweet. Jake. I write some of the lyrics. Um, I, I think a lot of the songs just started off as like some songs I was playing around with. So like that's, I kind of got the lyrics right now, but we all help out on lyrics. Um, okay. Jake's got a whole like song or two. You got three or four now. Yeah. yeah. yeah that we're working on for the album that are going to have, like, it's all his lyrics. I like, I didn't touch it. That was all Jake. Mm. Um, and then John's got a few as well that are basically entirely his. I mean, we'll help each other out, but like, you know, I'll even go to them if I'm mm -hmm. like, Yo, like I don't like this. What is this? Like, you know, mm. if it's if it's a very obvious rhyme, like or something that just doesn't quite hit, you know, it's good to have somebody to check with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just want to go on record here saying Taylor is very jealous of my lyrical ability. <laughs> I, just, I, I want that to be on record. Right. <laughs> it's not true. Hey, Nothing more to say. The last five minutes. <laughs> so for the lyrics, like. I'm I always with bands. I'm always curious because I don't work with many bands, but so like in rap, mm -hmm. you find a beat and you listen to it, you write lyrics, you go record it, you're done. How are you doing it with your lyrics? Are you just like, Oh, I've got a tune in my head. I'm going to just write these lyrics and we'll figure out the music later. Or do you, you already have like, how does that work? Uh, so for, <laughs> so for me personally, 
the way I approach uh, writing lyrics and stuff is I have a much more mi- minimalist style of songwriting than I would say every single other person in the band. Like I just find one riff mm-hmm. and just play it over and over and over and over again. And I just kind of like off the dome, like freestyle, like, like consciousness, just say stuff, Mm. you know, but in my mind, I'm trying to capture like a moment or in time or like a certain way I was feeling at a certain time. Mm. Or like, I'll even go as far as like making up a person who doesn't exist. That's in this like real fucked up situation. I'm like, how would they feel? And then like, I'm just kind of like free associating things Mm. and I'll write all that down and I'll read it line by line and the ones that are good, I'll like put a check mark by it. <laughs> and then like I'll kind of just, you know, editing. It's all about editing, you know, like just yeah. take that out, take that out, take yeah. that out, take that out. Cause and then by the time I'm done. So you always write have, by hand? Um a lot of the time voice memos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'll just like like just be sit like I'll be just like set the you know my phone or a microphone down or whatever next to me with a guitar. I like writing on this uh my dad makes guitars. And he made this little piece of shit cigar box guitar and it's three strings, but it's just so pathetic sounding that it even makes the lyrics even better. How dare you say that about your dad? Hey, (laughs) hey, dad, I love you. Your guitars are good, but that cigar box sounds like a piece of shit. (laughs) And that's why he loves it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's electric. You can plug into an amp. (laughs) It's it's gnarly sounding. But um, yeah, I mean, that's how I do it. They have a much more like formal, like educated approach to doing it i just uh, i'm a little rough around the edges i guess we just put glasses on that's yeah. all. is that <laughs> it <laughs> to brag on that but, i mean that's how i personally do it so like like what about you like i'll let you go <laughs> okay to brag on how jake does it too as well something he can pull out that we don't usually run into unless we intentionally go for it that little stream of consciousness style where you're actually just speaking your lyrics are in voice memos they're not written mm-hmm you can't tell when one line ends and the other begins. They flow into each other. It's an almost accidental Bob Ross kind of complexity totally that works in. <laughs> but no, it, no, it creates totally, yeah, beautiful yeah. things out of that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I guess the way I do it is essentially I'll write the entire musical piece beforehand and just the whole time be thinking, okay, there's another instrument that I have to be thinking about while I'm writing the guitar and bass stuff. Mm. And so it's like that melody line has to do something that is not locked onto the guitar riff. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'll just think, okay, where does the melody need to go? I'll actually go make MIDI notes on like some janky random keyboard MIDI thing that I pull up. Mm. And it sounds like garbage they can attest until I put words over it. But what's cool is when I get the melodies i can kind of hear okay this phonetically needs an e sound or a uh sound on that note and that's where i start to like think of okay well it needs a word and then you can actually make concepts out of that when you kind of pick like strong point words that you know need to be there that's interesting i've never literally never heard that before (laughs) really (laughs) also what he's talking about when he says like we'll attest that it sounds bad it's mostly like midi notes so it's like yeah, it's like a music box. It, like yeah. every tone is like the same. So it's like very just. It's like very just. It's like you got it, these great guitar riffs and then video game music above it. John, <laughs> they're, they're, bones. Some of the presets you decide to use for those MIDI songs you show us, though, are hilarious. Like, it'll, oh, it's, like it's like, it's like some Casio <laughs> keyboard, late 90s, like. Ding, dong, ding, dong, dong, dong. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like. 
half of it's me enjoying making y'all no, laugh but, about it yeah, and then but, turn it on. Hey, I recorded the vocals too. Look at how different this sounds. Yeah, but <laughs> like then you you actually like sit down, take the time to translate that MIDI stuff to your guitar and like to a bass line, and then I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> like, oh, this makes like a lot more sense now musically. This sounds incredible. Oh my god! Like every so everyone else in this band but me is like really good at music theory. So anytime they do any of this stuff with MIDI and they translate it to an actual instrument, it blows my mind. That's why I play drums. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I don't have to read sheet music ever. <laughs> Jake also will retune our guitarist to his own tuning and write all of his songs that way. So don't let this man fool you. <laughs> oh, God. He's like he likes to wear his humble little hat, but he's a liar too. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're putting a song together, is it what what do you like first? Do you like to already have a concept together or do you like to just get together and create something? Like what's what's your favorite parts? I like when we figure out the vibe. Like mm-hmm. I kind of like like for me the way I write a song is like I kind of just when I when you were talking about like lyrics earlier, like I actually don't try to base my lyrics around melody at first. I'll try to kind of like base it around a rhythm. So if it's like a like a steady kind of rhythm, like um, ah, what's that one song where it's like in the heat of the desert sun on the blistering trail? And it's just got this kind of like okay, now I'm like in the desert, mm. like riding under the like sun. You know what I mean? And it creates a vibe, but because you've got the rhythm that creates the repetition, and then the lyrics that sort of create the environment, and then the melody is really just accentuating that environment, or mm. like at least the way you want to portray that environment and your attitude within it. So like, I feel like. It's strange. I used to definitely do the melody thing, like, oh, I remember. But it's something kind of like, I guess, melody-based with the lyrics, right? But it's so much easier to base it off the rhythm because I think that's so much more tapped into what you're doing, like what you're actually trying to get at. Mm. Um, but for, for me as a band, like I, or my role in the band as the bass player, I like when me and him lock in, like bass and drums, and then it's just kind of like, okay, that's the vibe. And then he's like, and it's just kind of it, it comes together because you've got a, a sort of root around it in the mm. rhythm I, I feel like I've evolved into a very rhythm based like mm. religion okay <laughs> fair enough the rhythm religion I like the, I like the we go to religion. the altar of the I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's there's rhythm people there's melody people there's both people but you know we'll argue like that's a you know like I know my I think my mom's very lyrically based, and then my dad doesn't care about lyrics at all. Mm. He just wants a good vibe. Like, he just yeah. wants to party. But then my mom's like, I don't want to, like, hear about your ice cream sundae, bro. Like, I want to, like, give me something. Like, hmm. you know, everybody's different. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, what was I going to ask you? Oh, how are you doing your mixing? Are, are y'all mixing? or We actually, oh, you go ahead. No, you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, we have a friend. He, he's the one I went to school with, Ryan. We both graduated, but he's the one who's doing the mixing for all of our stuff. Mm. Yeah. And uh, he actually used to be the uh, rhythm guitarist of the band, but he wanted to leave because he wanted to focus more on uh, uh, doing electric music and stuff. Yeah. That's what he's doing. So are you sending him stem? Like you said, you're recording yourourselves, right? Yeah. 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 So do you send him the stems and then he just mixes it and sends it back? It'll depend on where we record. So like when we record, we'll go places. We kind of travel like just wherever to record. Mm. Um, I know like sometimes we'll go out to this cabin in Mississippi and we'll just like record out there and then just do like drums because they got like tall ceilings and stuff and just we'll get the sound we like there. Sometimes it's good to get guitar and then we might get the vocals, you know, back home or something. But um, it's it's like we'll find the environment we like. I know like my parents old house before they moved to Atlanta. Um, we went over there and like recorded in their bedroom. 
because they just had these thick curtains and this mm-hmm. like bedspread and all this. It was very like a padded like yeah, just very dead sound. Yeah, like it just closed yeah. in. So we we're like, that's that's a that's a good tone, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you uh, want that. And those it has like this cabin. We say it's a cabin. It has like thirty foot ceilings or something. Yeah. Like like the ceilings <laughs> probably in it is are about three. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like recording Perfect drums in that thing yeah. Oh, yeah. is nuts. And also on the cabin, shout out to Walnut, Mississippi. It is a beautiful little Walnut. town. It is Walnut, Mississippi. I think it's Corinth. It's is Walnut. It? It's Walnut. It's Walnut. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> but shout out to Walnut, Mississippi. You, your town is beautiful, but everyone there sucks. All right. <laughs> but their truck stops have great breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. We eat a lot of those. We can attest to that. Sandwiches. Yes. There's, there's like nothing there though. It is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is wilderness. You'll you'll be driving That's for about it. 45 minutes into like open fields mm-hmm. and like it's yeah. It's very there's it's hard to like I know whenever we've like been out there for about four hours or more someone's like man I'm really hungry and it's like there's the gas station and subway it's so far out you can't Uber (laughs) eat you can't like do anything desperate to just get food like go kill a deer yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's go catch a squirrel (laughs) but it's got great sounds if you're recording drums man Mm -hmm. it's great that's that's dope I mean I. I haven't seen any places like that that are like around this area. So I mean, when you can find those those mm-hmm. places, it's it's pretty cool. Just stick with that because you know your sound. Like a lot of um, great engineers, they like certain rooms because they like that sound they get out of that room. Yeah, uh, Notorious is um, Abbey Road Studio Three and. What's a like Capital Chambers has the famous like reverb from that and um, what is there's a couple other ones that just they're just known for the sound that you can get out of those rooms like people will record specifically there like I heard um, Bruno when he came here to record Uptown Funk he specifically loved the sound of Royal Studios. Mm-hmm. And that's why he came here to record Uptown Funk. It's because he wanted that sound. That's right. He recorded that here with uh, Boo Mitchell, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think right. I think he recorded that entire album here in at Royal Studios. I, I heard that like recently and I did not realize that. Yeah. And like I'm a I'm a Bruno fan. I know you already know that, but like I, I found that out um actually within this month. Oh really? I had yeah. no idea he recorded it here. And I was like, dude, like <laughs> And um in their last album that they just did, the Anderson Pack Bruno, the horns that they use is there's a famous horns group here in Memphis. They did all the horns. Um, what's his name? Bill Boo Mitchell recorded mm-hmm. the horns at Royal Studios. So. That is so cool. Yeah, um, it, but there's like a it's like a famous group that they've you know they did all the old music as well that Memphis is known for. Like this. Things like the horn section of Memphis or whatever. They have like a name to it. They're just notorious. Have you ever heard yeah. of Lucky Seven Brass Band? Yes. I actually had on uh, Victor Sawyer. Oh, I, had I love Victor. Yeah. yeah. No, those guys are great. Like, they put on a great show. We saw them at, uh, where, where was it? Uh, where that one spot they played year? forever. Um, the Bluff? No. No, 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 no. When the, it was Rail, Rail Garden? Garden? It? Yeah, Rail Garden. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. They were playing there, and they, like, got out. I don't remember which song it was, man, but they, like, got out, and um, they're, like, playing the trombones, like, getting into mm. people's, like... Yeah, they were, like, standing just... on the tables and stuff. <laughs> and, dude, and everybody was stars. just, yeah. all, like, like, they opened up to it, and they're like, yes! They are the most rock band. They're the only yeah. brass band, but they're the most rock band brass band, and they're super the cool. Band brass band. Yeah. <laughs> they're, more uh, they're a band. They're a band. I didn't see this shit! You missed it. He was in the bathroom. They did a whole set. Yep. It was so fast and high energy. You just missed it. They they played at um, 
what's it called? Bar DKDC or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. They played there. I like that place. And yeah. like at the end of their set, they just like went outside and just started playing in the streets and like played oh, when the Saints go they marching in. They do that. In. They'll do cool uh, stuff. Yeah. Like they did the yeah. when the Saints go marching in. They did when the Saints go. And as they were finishing, they were marching back into the bar. And it was <laughs> like, this is the sickest thing I've ever seen. They nice. put a lot of time in their performance yeah. and it shows and it's so good. So shout out to Lucky Seven Brass Band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to anyone who plays in a second line band. That stuff's awesome. Yeah, when you're really marching through the sh- Like marching through the streets and stuff. Like <laughs> I love that shit. I was in one very briefly. And it is the most difficult thing I've ever done musically. No offense, guys. <laughs> no, I, believe I do believe like, that. Like doing like the snare, like they have the snare right here with the bass drum strapped to your chest, mm. and then you have like the thing, like the hi hat as a little like thing attached to your finger. Are you serious? Right here, so you're like, yeah, it's just a spot, dude. And they're like the dudes doing that in New Orleans are like a million years old. That's the secret. You just do that. Yeah, dude, it's so cool. That's wild. Yeah, I think I so I actually had on y'all know Louise Page. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I had her on, and then Victor and who else? Somebody. Oh, actually, I had on Elizabeth Craig after oh. Louise. She and plays then, violin with Louise, right? Yes, yes. And then Victor used to be in their band, mm-hmm. and then he made Lucky Seven Brass Band, I believe. I'm, I'm getting the story right. And then, um, then I had him on my podcast. So I've had like all them on, but uh, yeah, great. Great Memphis groups around here for sure. Um, I'm actually interested on like the venues that y'all play at. Where do y'all where do y'all go? Well, I would say like we used to play more. Like we sort of switched gears uh, with COVID. So like before all of that, we were very much a gigging band. Like hmm. we liked sure, like we would stuff. show up at your house and we would have a smoke <laughs> yeah. machine. Yeah. We would have ev- like we Laser we like to like we yeah. like to do that. That now was fun. Now we're mobile recording. We used to be mobile and live setup. Yeah. yeah, like we yeah, used to much. we used to really put on. And I I know that we're like revving up for that. But what we really want to do is make sure that we have a large cache of good music and just like you know a, a lot a wide selection of stuff. I guess to last us in the future. That way. We can kind of keep that, you know, dripping in and then at the same time doing these shows and everything. But the main goal is to get back to doing that. When we were playing, though, uh, to answer your question, it would be High Tone. We did a show at the new High Tone, actually, uh, since they moved. Because they moved right oh. at the start of COVID from their old location. I did not know that. Dude, they're new Wait, building. So they're new building so High Tone is the one yeah. that's like, it's upstairs in a building, right? That's yeah, the new one, yeah. yeah. The, so where's yeah. the old one? The old it's one like was, it was, it was, it so was. so imagine the same setup, the right? Okay. Except instead of the upstairs being the sick part, it was like sideways. So when you'd go in, you got your bar, that's normal, right? Mm-hmm. You go back and that's the small room. That's all the same, except instead of an upstairs, you would go this way. And there'd be kind of a bigger room and you'd have like a football stadium fold out chairs. And there was another bar separate from that. The bathrooms were back there. Um, and they had like a main stage with like high tone and like a snare drum with like hmm. the O or, or whatever. The, I, I don't remember what the setup was. But it was something oh, like yeah. that. Hmm. And um, I think it's spelled out with snare snare heads. Um, but anyway, uh, their new location is that upstairs one. You've been to that one? Yeah, yeah, I've been to that one. Dude, that's the one we just played and it is so fun. I love yeah. it. Do you like it that. better than the old one? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They've got a window. They've got a massive window, like yeah, that wraps it's, it's around. Cool. You've yeah. got an old um, what is that game they have in there? It's oh, it's like a Teenage like Mutant a, Ninja Turtle. Yeah, arcade like Teenage thing. Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. You got a coffee table and like just all this hodgepodge furniture, like a green and orange chair. It's a vibe, man. Yeah, I love that. Also, stuff. it's still the perfect amount of dirty. Yeah, you know? yeah but they don't. I don't do, like venues. But they that don't. Are like crisp, like crisp. 
Yeah, it's yeah, super yeah. dark Chris still. It's like, very high yeah, tone. You know, yeah, but like there is there. no smoking, so they don't have smoking in there anymore. Mm. So it, it has like a lot cleaner vibe in that way. Like I personally, I didn't like that, but that's just me. Mm. Um, you can't smoke in there anymore. Mm-mm. It's a new rule, so make sure you don't smoke. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not from here, by the way. I'm from Alabama, so that's <laughs> okay. Anytime, like that's the cool thing about having all Memphis people on my podcast is y'all are teaching me stuff. Like as I'm yeah. going, like I had one guy on telling me about. I love talking about food. And this one dude was talking about like all the barbecue places. He's telling me about a uh, Big Bills. Do y'all know what that is? Yes. I'm, yes. So you know, yeah, right? Big Bill's Barbecue. <laughs> You're a Big Bill's guy? He was saying it was good? Yes. Oh, man. I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. on which, podcast right now. Which Big Bill's? Because well, he said they're different. He's like, yeah, they just a made. Location. He said they just made one. Well, I mean, I had this podcast like a year ago. Uh-huh. But he said they just got a location. I forgot where it was. Like but, East Memphis, like off of a. It was, it was. I think it was like in a nice area, and he was like, "That's a new one." He was. Like, I think he said that wasn't a good one. He's like, you okay, gotta go to the I've only one. eaten at the trash one then." Oh, okay, okay. yeah, that must be it. Because barbecue places are weird like that. Like there'll be a place with different locations, and each one is going to totally give you a different quality of barbecue. Okay, so, so yeah, I, don't I had, get the new one. I had this issue. <laughs> Find with, the old um, one. Go there. <laughs> I had this issue with um, Dixie Queen. So I, you know, I'm not from very, here, so very, I didn't know very. what Dixie Queen was. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's talking about, oh, you got to go to Dixie Queen. I'm like, all right. I, I checked out Dixie Queen. I was like, this is not that good. But <laughs> I live in Cordova. So I went to the one in Cordova. And then, like, somebody I know posted um, that they're that they like, man, I went to the Dixie Queen in Cordova. It was trash. And I was like. Okay, this dude always talks about how great Dixie Queen is. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I went to that one, and it wasn't that good. He was like, oh, yeah, that's a horrible. He had to go to the one in the hood. That one's the better one. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea the hood one was the better one. He was like, yeah, if that menu don't look crazy, then it's not a good one. <laughs> you got to know your way around. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. But, yeah, I guess it's, you know. Just certain places and certain um, certain locations just got different food. So, <laughs> when did you when did you come to Memphis? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's your like favorite part about it so far? What's your what's your kind of take? We won't tell anybody. So, <laughs> so my what, what do you call it? My um, whatever opinion. Basically, I will say that I'm kind of disappointed in the barbecue. Okay. I, I don't I think it's that. as good as advertised. It could be better. The, I'm be- the, the same thing. <laughs> the best barbecue I've had from here has been from people I know. Like they've just cooked I'm barbecue. For that. Dude, yeah. that's yeah. been the best yeah. barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like I can see that. The, the best barbecue spot in Memphis is just this old dude on the corner at the <laughs> No, he he sets up his smoker at like four AM. Mm. All right. And he just sells meat until he sells out. And it's at the corner of Park. And shit, um, it's like between Get Well and um, uh, Highland. There's like he just sets up his trailer on oh, this yeah. random yeah. corner. You're okay. gonna, you're gonna you know who I'm talking about? Well, I don't know who you're talking about, but I know but where that. Yes, is. Okay. it is <laughs> the, it is the yeah. best. <laughs> part the like he sets up like a little tailgating tent. He has a smoker out there, and I've gotten his barbecue like twice because I've gone as early as eight a.m. and this dude's oh, wow. already sold out. Right? <laughs> oh like, my God. Bro, yeah, dude. Barbecue like, breakfast. I, like, I wanted barbecue, barbecue at eight a.m. So I went morning. to him. <laughs> okay, and it was incredible. It was delicious, and. 
I, I, I hope he's still doing it. I See, nobody has ever mentioned this on any. Oh, podcast. dude, I, I talk about. Food I don't know. His the like, there's no sign. Nothing. It's just a dude <laughs> smoking meat <laughs> on a corner, dude. Like, <laughs> we just did everyone a disservice. It's, it's, bet- it's between Getwell and Highland. We should take a field trip at five a.m. Yes. All right, yeah, I'm down. We don't want it to sell out. Right. Yeah. After this podcast, he just sells out in five minutes. It is so bomb. Like it puts all like rendezvous to shit. Like all those places, man. Like yeah, it's so good. So I've had like all the commercial. You're saying yeah, I've had all the. I'm not. I guess not all the. So I think I've had Corky's. I've had Rendezvous. I mean, they're okay. I would say that my favorite so far has been um, the barbecue shop. Have you had that? No, I haven't had that. That's probably been my favorite. The barbecue shop. Um, Wait, is that the place off summer? I'm horrible with areas, oh, honestly. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I say, I'm trying to remember where that is because like I'm familiar with the name, but I've never had it. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's probably been my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's as far as opinion, like the areas. It's so the areas are kind of weird to me because, um, as I said, I live in Cordova, and that seems like it's got most of the stuff that I need is Cordova. So I'm like, why? Why would I need to go downtown? Mm-hmm. Now downtown has all all the bars and stuff like that. Like Cordova doesn't have like a nightlife. So, uh, if you need to nightlife, you go downtown to Memphis. So, um, that is one thing that Memphis does have. But honestly, like, I did expect more, I guess, more nightlife. Maybe I'm not getting out as much as I should. Um, I don't get out much, but when I do, it's like to see an artist that I know, you know, they're performing at like a high tone or um, growlers or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It also seems like there's kind of two Memphises at night, if that makes sense. There's mm. Madison and then there's Beale. Yeah. And they okay. are two yeah. very opposing oh, sides. Yeah. 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 Nightlife on Madison's weird. Like Where's Madison? Uh, Madison's, it's like, it's G- like, give me Beale Yeah. Like, Malco like, like, Theater? The big old, oh, okay. Like, like you know, uh, Overton Square, it's like, okay. Uh, there's like the uh, studio on the square. Uh, okay. There's, they got a new hotel. Yeah. There's a big ass hotel the there. The Memphian. Um, okay. Man, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> uh, what is it? Um, Crosstown Concourse local, is still local, kind of included. Locals there and mm-hmm. like Memphis Pizza Cafe. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, they built it all up and all this, every, all this shit there. But like along there, there are just so many good bars where like yeah. you can just start at like, like one all end of Madison. And yeah. really <laughs> about 4 a.m. Like you're at the other end and you're like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> to me, that is what makes a big city uh, or that's how you start getting into a big city or, or a good city is when you have multiple areas that people can go to. And it's not just like, well, this is our downtown. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's how old cities were meant. Like I'm, I'm from a really small town. It's called Aniana, Alabama. 6,000 people is the population or at least it was, but it's, it's grown. But anyways, there's a downtown and like, that's where everything is. So when you're in a big city, you want multiple downtowns where like people can spread out and like, oh, you need to go this place. Like you don't want to know where everything is because that means that you you've just oh I've explored everything. I'm yeah, done no with mystery. this city. Yeah, there's no mystery. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that there's you know, multiple areas that you can go to. So, um, I'm I'm still experiencing everything. Like I haven't been everywhere. So I agree. I think I think it's kind of small. You know, like I know, um, like. I, I just recently went to see uh, my parents. Like, they just moved uh, to Atlanta. To Atlanta and yeah. I just went to go see them. Um, and uh, that dude, man, it's just such a cool city. Yeah. Like, it's just so many places, like, when you're just driving through to go to. Like, we went to, we, like, the 
it was cool, like, just looking out the window to see the places we were passing on the ways to the places mm. we were going. And they took me to, like, all their favorite places they like to eat or whatever and kind of showed me around their area and, like, this is the artsy area. Yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, that's cool, man. Like, I like I like that when you're, like, driving around, somebody can be like, and that's where the art guys are. And that's, like, you know, here's where we all go and work out, you know. It's, like, yeah. it's a little world. It's a community. Yeah. And you can drive between the worlds. And, like, I yeah. like that. I like that. I think I like that better. Like, the bigger city vibe. So I feel that like the sort of Madison or downtown vibe is is very limiting because yeah. it's a duality. It's just this or that, you know. Did you see Stone Mountain? Stone Mountain. Yeah. Is that that um the one with the lady? No, it's it's literally a ginormous stone. It's like a, a literally a mountain that's just looks like a big rock. Oh, okay. It's, no. It it's kind of along the lines of Mount Rushmore. Like it's literally just this big, massive, smooth stone. Yeah, I can't. Ex- I just, okay, I can't even. Explain <laughs> I've never seen it. I just like that childish Gambino EP that called Stone Mountain. Oh, I've really? always wanted to see it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna check it out. I think yeah. he's. I think he might be from Atlanta. That's Is why he. he had, that's why he's got that TV show Atlanta. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All I didn't right. know if it was like he was just making a TV show about if he was oh. from there, but yeah. Okay, he might be from there. I don't. I don't even. Oh, know. it really does look like Mount Rushmore. It, it's literally just some, a, a it, massive stone, dude. It looks just like Damn. Mount Rushmore. It looks like that mountain. Well, it looks like Mount Rushmore. On the side of like a giant smooth yeah, stone, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you like get on it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> cool. I, th- I think you can. Got planes now. Yeah, you got this thing called a ladder, dumbass. <laughs> Pretty tall. Yeah, it's it's massive. Like, well, I was driving down the interstate and I looked over and I was like, that. Why is that? <laughs> Such a big rock over there. But I was like, oh, that must be Stone Mountain. So no, they like took me the, the place the I thought rock. you were. It's neither little nor a rock. It's huge, man. <laughs> no, the place I thought you were talking about was um oh, see if I have a picture of it. Um, but they took me to this like uh like kind of like garden, like this outside area. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't remember who it was, but basically this artist, she does her installations in this garden. And so like there was this one thing, like have you ever played Halo? Yeah. You know the needler? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I love you, you like the needler, don't you? I love the needler. But she's got this one statue. I swear it looks like this cachet of massive needles. Like it's just like, and it goes like straight up. I think it's yellow and it's in sort of a reflective pond. So the, the art installation is sort of, you've got this piece in nature hmm. and then it just makes it feel like an alien nature-esque kind of vibe. But then when you go to the round of the sort of reflecting pool at the like face of it, you can see the whole thing like reflected and it like doubles in length and it creates this symmetry and it like completes this full vision of the garden. And then you go to the back and there's this waterfall with this woman like holding her hand and the water slips through her fingers and her hair is like bushes and flowers and she's like carved out of rock. And like, dude, I'll find the picture. I'll find the picture. (laughs) I will show you. (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing is like those those like random things is what makes a city great. Like yeah. how, um, like just Overton park or like, um, what's it called? Oh yeah. That's sick. Mm-hmm. I'm that's so pretty. What is it? I'm going to find it. I'm going to, I'm going to text my mom. I'm going to ah, ask that's her cool. to find out. And here's the, here's the needler man. Here's, here's the, Oh, you weren't lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And here's what it looks like from the reflecting pool. That's wild. But yeah, I'll, I'm going to text my mom right now. We're going to find out the, the name. Yeah, those, Don't worry, Dondi's awake. 
having those kind of things in a city is like what really brings people here. Like I was talking to a guy one time and he was asking me pretty much the same question. Like, you know, what do you think about the stuff in Memphis? And we're just, he was actually asking me like, do you really consider Memphis like a tourist city? And I think people here forget that. Like people literally, like my aunt literally just came here recently just for the heck of it, just to tour Memphis. And like, I think sometimes Memphis forgets that people will literally just come here just to tour here. And so sometimes you just have to have those like random attractions. Um, gosh, what is that? Uh, the, the garden, the uh, botanical garden. Yeah. Like that's, that's a pretty cool place. They just recently did that. Was it the Alice in Wonderland type mm-hmm. stuff there? So just having those things in this city will I just. I saw it. It was beautiful. Great. Have you seen it? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I'm a, really I'm a member at the Botanical Garden. Uh, it's amazing. Definitely worth it. Everyone invest. Yeah. What, it's great. What's the benefits of being a member? Uh, you can just go whenever the hell you want. And like yeah. if there is a special event, you get like, ma- like really big discounts on the tickets and everything like that. It was a gift. Is it expensive? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like, it's not that bad. It's like a hundred bucks a year or something hmm. like that. That's not bad at all. Uh, yeah. You can just go to it's any event. Yeah, you can just go. So for some of the ones that do like really crazy shit, you know, like it'll be like, yeah, you got to pay 20 bucks, but it's like, if you're not a member, it's like, it costs like 50, 60, you know? For so, like events and stuff? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> like you can go there and crash weddings, it's great. So, <laughs> be like, like, congratulations! Oh, like, I'm a member. Never mind. Yeah. Right? I'm a member. <laughs> you can't kick me out. <laughs> I pay my dues. <laughs> That's wild. I mean, yeah, that, that place is pretty dope, for real. And I, one time I went there, and somebody was having a wedding there, and they were setting up. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. You just get married at a, mm-hmm. a garden. You know, I, th- I think my parents got married there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I think they got actually married at the Botanical Gardens, which, like, I like that place. And they're like, yeah, we got married on this bridge. I'm like, on the bridge? I'm like, damn, that, that shit's way less special than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on a bridge right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are there some places around here that you're like – most people don't know about nah. that you that you go to. See, uh, no, but I'm see, like, you, but see, like, you might not think you true, might think true, everybody true. knows about I mean, it, but I, nobody. Have knows. you ever been like uh, this? A ton of people know about this. So I might sound like an idiot, but like across the street from the botanical garden is the Dixon. Have you been there yet? No, it's mm-hmm. a amazing art exhibit. Like, there's hmm. just lots of history there. And, like, it's called lots the of, Dixon. Like, just, the Dixon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they have a really cool garden too. Not as cool as the botanical garden, but like that's a really cool, like smaller art museum. Um, what else? Uh, man, that's the only place I could really think of that like Dixon's cause, cool because there are lots of people I know. They're like, yeah, like I've been to um, I've been to the botanical gardens. I've been to the Brooks Museum of Art. And I'm like, have you been to the Dixon? They're like, no. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it's really good. I haven't even been to the Brooks. I don't even know where it is. Oh, it's it's an over. It's like that really old like marble museum that's like in overton park okay yeah check it out sometime it's cool too lots yeah. of people's lots of people's lots of people <laughs> lots of people take photos out there like um like engagement photos or stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's got like a a really sick like marble um exterior and like um they've got like this stone bench it's like connected to the floor whatever something something mm-hmm. like that it's really pretty though um and that's the, if you, you hadn't been to the brooks either right no okay um do you like going to like art museums and yeah stuff? um i went to I the say, metal museum i like Really? Yeah. Okay, I haven't yeah, been to the Metal no, Museum. You haven't been? No. <laughs> uh, I, went to, I, went to a, uh, I went to a wedding there once. And At the Metal, at the dude, metal yeah, Museum? <laughs> they rented out the Metal Museum, like oh that courtyard. Oh, my God. Metal as fuck. And yeah. I, felt okay, like, that's pretty sick. I felt like I was in like, uh, like a 
like a fairy tale, man. It yeah, was yeah. so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all these like metal sculptures and shit, and they all yeah. the lights in the trees and everything. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah, yeah that's actually, actually, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool there. Yeah, I'll I thought go. you were talking about like the inside. Oh the no, no, no. That'd be <laughs> but, that would be pretty yeah. cool. Too, <laughs> <laughs> Different <laughs> vibe entirely. Because in like having an industrial what is, is that a river? Right outside of it? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like the Mississippi's right. The Mississippi's there. right outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that is a pretty they've got a little um what do you call it? Gazebo stuff out there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. would be pretty cool. Um but yeah, as as I was saying, like you might think people know places. That's true, just, that's true. Because I don't I haven't been to the Metal Museum and I haven't been to Graceland. I've never yeah, been to Graceland. No either. one's been. It's a myth. <laughs> Graceland does not exist. Neither does Elvis. That is not Elvis. I don't playing. know anybody who's been. Do you? Do you know anybody who's been inside? Actually, my wife would. Is she telling the truth? <laughs> can you verify? I cannot verify. She didn't take any pictures. I can't verify. Dude, she's oh, in on it. Can you take pictures in Graceland? I, I don't know. This is why I love That's why you can't. <laughs> they don't allow pictures. That's the problem. So it makes you a true Memphian. You've never been to Graceland. <laughs> it's a right. I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard. It's real. It's you're just not, definitely you're real. You're not from Memphis if you've been to Graceland. That's yeah. what I've heard. So. <laughs> Why, why is that? Is it I think just... it's less special when you live here. Mm. You know, because it's like, I would totally like, if I was like in Idaho and I was like, whoa, it's Steven Tyler's house. Mm. Like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? Like, yeah, sure. But it's like at the same time, if you're from Idaho and that's like your bread and butter, yeah. you probably don't really care about that. You know, it's like $50 you don't need to spend. It's yeah. You know what I mean? So, And I'm very sure that Graceland costs more than $50. And also maybe just because you know it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's got that always, You can go when you yeah. want to. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to like, oh, man, I got to go. It's like, yeah. it's going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. that too. Because like, be like- <laughs> I crossed that crux of wanting to go when I was younger. Um, and I got into like Elvis and all that old like rockabilly phase. And then... Mm. Uh, now it just feels like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to go, man. Like, I don't know. Like, Taylor, you had a rockabilly phase? A so you're wearing like a leather jacket and spats? I was, I was <laughs> like, going around. Back and shit. So, this is a very dark time. <laughs> 1952. <laughs> me and my leather jacket. I'm picturing you Cigarette. Your 12, True story. <laughs> that is hilarious. And, and I've heard a lot of people like from this area um, – just they don't really care about the Memphis, like I mean the Memphis, the um, the Elvis storyline stuff like that. So uh, I did hear that movie was really good. Have y'all seen the movie? I have. I watched reviews. I've heard, hey, it I have good, heard it's awesome. Yeah, I've heard it's awesome. So but. apparently his manager was like a douche, and that, yeah. so he, from what I heard, this somebody was telling me about the movie. Sorry, spoiler alert, but um, spoiler, <laughs> and I haven't even seen the movie. But um, they said that like he was like super illegal. Like he couldn't go out of the country. He was from Germany, right? I don't know. But okay. th- I think they so, were, yeah. I thought he was from the country with all the windmills and shit. Now, is that not Germany? Do they not have windmills? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they wear yeah. like wood. Like, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I don't think this. we should list like, you know, what we would associate with Germany to get back to windmills. <laughs> we're calling you out, Germany. At the same time. You gotta get on that windmill game. <laughs> they might have been into wind energy at some point. That's, that's not crazy to say. But, um... They, he was saying that, like, the guy couldn't leave the country because I don't know, like, what reasons why, but he was saying that that's why Elvis didn't do any shows outside yeah. the country. It's because his manager couldn't leave with him. So he's like, well, you're not going. I can't go. You can't go. So, and, like, Elvis was huge. I think it was with, like, Japan or something like that. And you th- think how big Elvis would have been if he had toured Jeez. all over the world. 
Yeah. We think he's huge now. He would have been massive back in the day. But at the same time, if you angle it right, it can be an advantage. Like the same thing as Tool never put out anything on um, on downloadable music platforms up mm. until like a couple of years ago. So everyone was like, oh, they couldn't well, we go to the record store to yeah, go to yeah. Tool. These things are exclusive. So I imagine like Elvis records must have been kind of solid gold in other countries oh, yeah. because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to come by. Mm-hmm. So it makes a whole mythos of Elvis, but I also still wonder. He's still we, on the internet. We'll though. never actually know what Elvis's like numbers would have been yeah. had he actually gone to those places. So yeah. internet internet Elvis numbers would have been way up. Oh, <laughs> <God>. oh yeah, <laughs> they're gonna bump those numbers up. They're rookie numbers. Dude. I mean, people like Michael Jackson right now still have great numbers. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. imagine them at the height of things. I always talk about. Um, Soldier Boy. If Soldier Boy had like came out now with like TikTok, he would have destroyed oh, TikTok. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> and, I've, and, I've zeroed out my mind. Yeah. And yeah, always, I do think about like the different, like certain bands or just artists who uh, didn't get a chance to be in this like internet age. Like it's, it's crazy the advantage that we have now, but also the disadvantage, right? So y'all are a band. So let's, let's go the broadest category. Y'all are a band. So you are competing with all other bands that exist. And, you know, then you kind of get down into your niche, like, you know, the, the genre, subgenre, stuff like that. But like, it's hard. <laughs> like, music business is hard. Like you're, you're competing with literally the world of music because they have the world of music, right? Like you were talking about um, Elvis's collection of music and, you know, it was basically gold in other countries because it was, you had the physical sale, right? That's the only way you could listen to Elvis. Well, nowadays anybody can listen to anybody at yep. any time frame. So mm-hmm. it's that leveled up the competition. Mm-hmm. Also made ticket prices for live performances go, whoa. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, it's so expensive now. I, I think that I saw that thing that was talking about old bands in like the seventies. It was like five dollars. Check out, you know, <laughs> it's like some huge band. I don't even remember who it was or what the context was, but it was something like you know, obviously inflation too. But like, yeah, yeah. even with inflation, they were like, uh, this doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> this don't make sense. I think that the whole like virtual um, concerts have have y'all done. First of all, have you done that? We we're really one. interested. So like, um, I know Louise Page. Um, we were talking about her a second ago. I know she's trying to get one started. Mm. Um, she made a post recently where she's saying like she's looking at kind of uh, shifting into that to kind of just mainly be considerate of you know people who don't want to like you know get COVID or can't mm-hmm. afford to get COVID. So um, like. I know she's trying to get um, a bunch of acts together for that and get something rolling. Um, it's like a, a, I think it's going to be a virtual show. Um, I, you'd have to ask her, but I'm pretty sure she's getting something rolling with that. Um, but that's like the only one I've heard of. Okay. Um, we've like toyed with the idea, but we ended up putting our money more towards recording instead of like live performances because we'd been gigging. So it was like, she probably just record, you know, and <laughs> just master that first and then get out to broadcasting and i think the big trouble with it for other musicians is also like it's a it's a real hassle to get all that equipment running and just get it right mm-hmm. to where it's like live streaming it's in real time and then also 
Uh, the sound is really hard to get right. Mm. Um, we've uh, we've played with like the stupid reasons in their backyard, and they've got a live setup that they do uh, that they stream live. The stupid reasons. Yeah, that's the mm. name. Um, have you met, a, have you met them or heard of them yet? Mm. Right. All right. So man, let me turn you on. <laughs> <laughs> this um this band uh we're we're friends with them uh but they um they actually just came out with um their album and um. Uh, let me pull this up real fast. But Gus. Shout out to Gus. Shout out to Gus. Everyone loves Gus. Gus. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just uh, we were just at one of their shows. I just typed Gus in here. <laughs> <laughs> I went Gus mode. But um, yeah, um, we were at one of their shows recently. Recently. With um, it was them and Spacer. Um, so shout out to Cheyenne Mars. He asked me to say that. Okay. Um, yeah. There you go. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, their newest album, Petunias, uh, just came out, and uh, that is a awesome song. I really love the mix on that one. Um, I would check that out. But this is this is their Spotify page. Okay. And and they're local, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what Taylor is forgetting show. is we have we completely played a virtual show before yeah, that you're did. forgetting about. Uh, yeah, Steve. 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 yeah, so yeah. Oh, wait, but let wait, me tell you, it was, it was the early so this was it's like when people there. were still trying to figure out how yeah. to do it. Mm. And let me tell you how weird it is playing at Growlers to, to nobody. nobody. <laughs> on, yeah. Like on the stage playing to absolutely no one. So did you very book weird out feeling. the venue? Yes. yes. So you booked we, a venue, yeah, and then you're yeah. like, hey, we're doing a virtual show. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it? Yeah, we were just yeah, live streaming. Like, yeah. we had, uh, we had, uh, what's that guy? Um, Anon the Mouse. Yeah. That guy, mm-hmm. he was cool. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. good. We had an Anon the Mouse and the Stupid Reasons open for us. Yeah, yeah. And that was at the In the start. virtual show? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. So it's a yeah. full show. It's called the New World Show, um, and that's like, um, that's like the name of our album that we're working on. Okay. It's going to be the New World. And so, like, it was supposed to be the sort of break off into that sort of thing. Um, But it was at the start of COVID, so no one was around. uh, No one wanted to get out. um, And if they did, we really didn't want to, like, encourage that at the time, especially because we weren't, we didn't have, like, vaccines or boosters at all. So um, what we did was we made sure that no one would be in the venue. Um, Everyone, like, had masks and stuff when we were setting up. Uh, We just took them off to, like, sing or perform. And then basically uh, we wanted to stream that for everybody and just kind of create the vibe. So we bought, like, a bunch of balloons I had this like pink fur coat. Sometimes I wear when I want to like hype something up. You know that helps. And then uh, we just like basically played to a big empty room and kicked balloons around and just woo. I kept telling you, it's a great time in here, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but fun. Ain't looking back, (laughs) you know. And you just sell that, and then you just like it's the best you can do. It's kind of because it's awkward when you're on the internet. Like it's hard to really get that energy through. So like that, my suggestion would be fur and balloons. That's yeah. the best I've come up with. Sure, Jackson. That's all I got. <laughs> that yeah, that time frame was so strange because mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, they 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 literally just didn't know what to do. And fair enough, nobody did. Like we hadn't experienced something like that in this day and age with the technology that we have. Um, people were like, "No, I I'm I'm okay. You know, I can do this." And some people were like, "No, you can't." And we're like, all right, what are we doing right now? So, like, the music scene uh, hit tremendously with touring and concerts. Um, but, you know, you can still record at home. You know, mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people did. And a lot of people tried to figure out recording at home. Uh, Sweetwater and Guitar Center sales went up like crazy with home recording equipment. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and engineers just had to figure out, you know, how can I mix this horrible <laughs> recording that these people recorded at home? <laughs> so, you know, that that was a very, very strange time frame that we all I think a lot of people tried to figure new things out. Like they were trying to figure out like, how can I still make money from the stuff that I was doing? But yet it's, you know, we had to compromise like, you know, with the, with a virtual concert, maybe you didn't have the best cameras, maybe you didn't have the best audio, but you were still trying to grasp that same, you know, get the audience engaged with, you know, not as great uh, quality that you were able to pump out uh, previously. So yeah, it was, it was just a, crazy time in general in, my in opinion. a way it's cool too though because you got like so much different stuff that's like coming out now mm-hmm. like you've i kind of like it it's a competitive push and it's also an inspiring push because yeah. you've got just this flux of people that's like i need to create like either from an existential point or from the point of they've got all this time or you know it just kind of put life on pause and everybody had a moment to kind of go why am i here like what am i doing you know mm-hmm. and i I I don't want to like turn it into a good thing. Like COVID's bad, but like I will say one of the cool things to see is like the humanity that's come out of it. It's yeah, like yeah. really cool to see people suddenly go, that's what I want. That's yeah. important to me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make that my reality. I want to make that happen. Yeah. Like watching people seize their own success around us in the music mm-hmm. industry, they were like, I'm going to make my TikToks. I'm going to do my thing. Like that is awesome. Like yeah, you see him running like an athlete, just all those muscles at once. Yeah. It's it's a cool thing to watch. Doing it for the love of doing it. Yeah. Like, and I feel like in a weird way, COVID did a reality check for a lot of people and brought that out. It's a bit bitter, but it's like a bittersweet kind of after effect of it. Yeah. I don't know if you see it that way, but that's like that's kind of what I see. It's like it's not quite the way it was. But I feel like we're building up to something really cool. Yeah, yeah. It busted the clique system in Memphis wide open as far as like music and or music scenes, mm-hmm. um, where it was all connected. very sectarian before the pandemic. The ones who are still wanting to do it now, we kind of have to work together, mm-hmm. and it's actually basically I saw people collaborate that I never would have thought before the pandemic would collaborate, mm-hmm. and they do it really well. Everyone's just gotten a lot more polite and a lot more just understanding of each other. And you want to be a part of that. Like, that's like awesome. Like, you know what I mean? It's like when you were a little kid and you played with your star Wars toys and like you had the one Frodo Baggins, it was cool to watch him fight Darth Vader. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that's what people want to see. They want to see this country guy and this rock and roll guy that go, Hey, you ever tried a Miller light? (laughs) I know I actually do. That's more interesting than hello. We play sad, dark music. It's, it's so mundane that way. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I like the caricature of characters where everybody's like got a different hat on and like, you know, mm. that's cool to see. Yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like, um, I don't want to say we evolved as humans, but like we definitely got pushed forward during COVID. Like, um, even, even tech companies, like they had to f- figure out stuff. Like right now we're still in a chip shortage. Uh, for some dumb reason, every company decided to let Taiwan make all of our chips. And so now Taiwan has all control over like the amount of cars that we have, computers and everything. And it's profitable to withhold. <laughs> yeah. So the the crazy thing is we were able to figure stuff out. Like people who never had to use um, Skype or Microsoft Teams and stuff like that, like all the corporate companies. Now people are working from home and having to figure out this new technology that they, they never had to use before. But 
that was a great thing. Like you've got all these people who are probably 50 and older who never had to use these things. Even myself, like I, I've never been a, um, like a zoom or type person, but I started using that. I think it was around pandemic time. I started, um, I've had this podcast since 2019, uh, in person, just inviting people here. But, um, I started a virtual podcast. I want to say it was in 2020. It was either that or 2021. Um, with Zoom. And so that really um, helped me learn how to use like virtual stuff. And I think it's, I think it's a great thing that we continue to do it, you know, continue, as you said, Luis is starting to think about doing virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great that we are still choosing to use a virtual Avenue, even though it's not necessary. Like we don't have to do that. You can still do an in-person concert, but it's like, well, I still got this other source of revenue that I could use to to bring in an audience, to bring in new fans. So we're we're on our way. <laughs> it's you know, humans have been here for a long time. We still haven't figured everything out. So the one thing we know way. is when we do work together and when we do sort of set unrealistic expectations, <clears throat> but we do go at it. Um Great things can happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, like, I've seen a lot of people just do such cool things. Like, speaking of Louise, like, one of the coolest things I ever saw her do, she made this post. I forget. It may have been a few years back, but she kind of, like, talked about her journey into going into just music. Like, getting out of her, like, normal day job and moving that to her primary, like, this is how I provide for myself. And just the kind of, like, like, just the switch over into that of, like, you know, that's what I want to be and Mm. now I'm doing it. And, like... I'm st- I'm still not there, but that is like such a cool thing to do, and yeah. I, like I feel like that's the goal, obviously for everybody. Is it's like a bit of an internal and external struggle to just break through that, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's situation is different. But I thought that was like really cool, and I feel like that's uh, the main thing that people have been doing, especially in the pandemics. They've really been just seizing the day, like the stupid reasons they make so many cool music videos. Like that's the big thing we're working on now is we're trying to get. Um, with the release of these songs, and once we start rolling all of this out, we want to actually have like videos and start, you know, getting a, um, a more visual presence out mm. instead of just about the music. Now that yeah. we're done focusing on that, kind of blossom out. Yeah, but so, social media has has done that to people. It's like if you don't exist visually to people, it's like they don't even think you exist. Mm-hmm. So, and videos only cost money. You don't yeah. make money on a music video. You yeah. just you make something that's really cool, and you make it to where it's like a bit of your soul, and it is like representative of the song, but mm-hmm. like very expensive. If you want to do them right, they're very expensive. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I know that some artists they do well with the visual content and some artists just don't do well. Um, we can't all be the gorillas, right? Like we're just hiring cartoons to just do all of our bidding for us. And, you know, I, have y'all actually even seen the gorillas? I've never seen. Them. I love that band. They're one of my favorite bands. Have yeah. you physically seen anybody from um, the band? No, uh, I saw them at, fuck, I think they played, what's that best? Lollapalooza? I thought it was like one guy. Yeah, no, I it was no one it's guy. a band. Like, oh, no, like no, like every I, character I, I is representative yeah. of like, from a real a, a person. person. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I did not know they're that. all. Like, yeah, like um, I don't know too much about them. I'm just a huge fan of their music. Mm. But uh, yeah, their show like is put situation. on by like these like characters that are either yeah, like yeah. projected on stage or like, and you can see them. Like, Wait a minute, their shows are the characters. The one I saw, yeah, like it's not the real. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, like like the band is there. The band is there playing, and you can, like, they have them behind, like, a screen, and you can see them doing their thing, but you never see them. Damn. 
Yeah. No, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it that's was cool. crazy. Yeah, I remember I saw them. I, I'm pretty sure it was Lollapalooza. I might be mistaken on the location, mm. but it was incredible. It was that's really crazy. cool. Don't yeah. you think I could play out in front one time? No, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I think they've all revealed their identities by now, okay. and I know the lead singer guy has, but it's like, uh, there was always that rumor about, like, the reason they did it is because they're all, like, a bunch of, like, old dudes, and they were like, they wanted to show that, like, old people could make cool music, but hmm. this might just be me putting a conspiracy theory out there <laughs> on the internet right now, but I'm, that's what I've heard, you know? Hmm. So that could be completely wrong. Please feel free to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> that's pretty right. crazy. There's way more details than I've got. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I know but, Clint Eastwood. I know the, like, Feel Good Inc. era and, yeah, like, yeah. all that stuff. And that one video they came out. Um, Dude, the new out. Their newest the shit's awesome. Is that the yeah, one where it's, like, good, it's like the, uh, the girl, like, skating and stuff? It's like I've a, seen that one. I don't know what that video is. Um, well, they were on MTV Cribs, and it was the the lead. I mean, but it was the cartoons. The mm-hmm. entire MTV Cribs was just the cartoons, um, and then so awesome. the lead character uh, was touring the house where everybody and like all the characters were in the house. They had like some ridiculous looking house too. It was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was all cartoons. So yeah. <laughs> they just created this digital house that they made, and I was like, "This is hilarious." That's, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, they're they're killing it, and we don't even know what they look like. Yeah, you know, I really think like that shit is going to be the future, especially of like celebrity or yeah. people taking on those completely digital identities, like yeah, all those like NFTs. Twitch. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like, owning <laughs> digital, owning representative digital property, and yeah, like yeah. there are those there are these like people on Twitch that stream, and like mm-hmm. there's this technology now that like turns them into an anime character, mm-hmm. so you never even see their real face, and they're just streaming as like some like anime boy or some anime girl. Dang, you know, and those are getting wildly popular. Hmm. You know, people like be people in public. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I'm just like, I'm like, this is where shit's really gonna go, especially yeah. when it comes to celebrity and like as like the popularity of people getting more and more obsessed with celebrity. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, like it might just be, straight up become a security issue. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want people to know what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd make all this cool stuff and do all this cool stuff and like get paid all this money. Like you don't even know what I'll actually look like. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to go out and I want to go be able to buy groceries, yeah. you know? Like, so, I mean, I just think that's like one direction things are headed. It, I think it would be cool if we all became cartoons faceless. though, guys. That would yeah, be awesome. We should dissolve the band right now, go into wit pro <laughs> and then just start a new project. Same music, but just yeah, different I'm names. A, uh, <laughs> shout out to the blue man group. There's um, some famous like Japanese character, and it's a uh, it's like a, f- a female character, but I you know what I'm talking name, about. Though. I can't yeah. remember that, but I, I, I yeah I know. I think um, gosh, Vocaloid. Is, is that it? I think so. Is it Miku? Or something? Miku, yeah. I think I think that's the, the name the of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the guitar, yeah. <laughs> but like, isn't isn't she a hologram? Yeah, yeah. she's just straight up. So like, her. performs as a hologram. Oh yeah, they do those mesh holograms for her. I know yeah. you're talking about. It yeah, looks those mesh sick. holograms are sick, dude. Super yeah. sick. And I'm just like, yo, anybody could do that. Well, I mean, not anybody could do that, but like, they could create if whoever you are can create music. And then get somebody to make a hologram for you. And then that's the superstar. And I actually went to um, the um, Music Business Association conference in Nashville. And they were talking about what what do we do about this? Because like when you have publishing and music and copyrights, who is this going to? Because computers can now make music without a human. You, mm-hmm. you just, hey, make me a song. They can make you a song with composition and lyrics 
and and use a voice from anybody. Like you can take Elvis's voice, uh, computer generate it, and create a song out of it. And they've been doing it and like comparing it. I don't know if it was like with Aerosmith or some some big band. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, "Man, this sounds really similar to the actual band." In the future is going to get really strange as far as like if we start doing that and creating digital bands. Who's making the money off? Is it the person who created the software? Is it the person who created the band? This fictitious band? Like, how does that work? Are we going to see counterfeit bands that are designed AI to exactly. so become followers and rule the world? Dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just AI. Piracy is going to get even weirder. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I made a copy of the Aerosmith AI band. Yeah. And they no. can just play live for you in your living room. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we're. Where do we go from there? And wedding bands are going to lose all of this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel so bad for the wedding band guys. Dang. Bands <laughs> similar to, to Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that junk is like, I'm really fascinated in AI as far as like, I don't, I don't know if you've been dealing with, um, or b- both of y'all, as far as like recording and mixing wise, um, the um, Isotope. Like all the Isotope stuff. Yeah, they have a lot of really interesting plugins. Yeah, and stuff. like yeah. I mean, they're borderline allowing you to master just by a click of a button because it, it just analyzes your song. Like you just, hey, analyze my song. You know, analyze my. All right, these are the highest and lowest parts. We think this dynamic range is good for you. Uh, this is how it should be EQ'd. This is the the luffs that it should be, and then boom, it just masters the song for you. So. Isotope and other companies like that are going to make it weird and strange are the best words I can come up with. Uh, do you know the name of that plugin and where I can get it? It's Ozone. Because the last one I used, I used Ozone 3, but they have to be on like some way. They're on 10 Jesus. just came out, I think. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, that's so cool. Oh, I think 10 just came out. But I mean, I think honestly when it comes down to it, like, Automating mixing and mastering is totally different to like automating the writing of, and yeah, composition yeah. of a song, though. Yeah. Like, I, like when it comes to that stuff, I say more power to them because, like, as someone who sucks at mister- mixing and mastering, if like I ma- if I can make a song that sounds okay and then put it through there and it sounds twice as good just automatically, I don't think there's any like negative side effect yeah. to that me personally like more power to him and it's not gonna that. hurt anybody that yeah. knows how to mix you yeah. know yeah. like at the very least it could help you if you're just like if you want to mix something up or get a general idea like yeah you know mm-hmm. like no i i don't like the whole like when technology advances and people are like takes the soul out of it because it's like not really because it's you put the soul yeah, in it you know what i mean to play it's like i could yeah. strum an yeah. e chord and go that's all it does you know what I mean? Like you can make anything inspiring or uninspiring, but yeah. it's like, you know, I like the sort of new age of AI and like all that stuff. Cause it's just, it's another companion for you to like deal with and mess mm-hmm. with and create with, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's going to create another layer to the kind of evolution of, or really the cycle of how we listen and perceive music just because like we're, Kind of go through a phase of look. The computer says this. There is an objective way. This is the one way to mix this, and then everyone's going to get very bored with that. Yeah, yeah. they're going to try and break that standard operating procedure at any cost. Yeah, and then it'll circle around again. I mean, I love the fact that like, um, so as I said, I listen to Bobby Osinski podcast all the time, and he's probably in like his late sixties or seventies, but um, you know, he he mixed some of the, like the greatest bands of all time, and he'll. He'll talk about how he hated the sound of tape. And it's crazy because we have all these plugins 
to emulate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I know exactly and, which one you're talking and, about. And he talks about it all the time. He's like, I don't know why they keep making these plugins to emulate <laughs> tape because I hated the sound of tape and the fact that we're trying to go back and emulate that sound. Lower just the fidelity, blo- essentially. Yeah, yeah, he's like, this just blows my mind that we're trying to go back to something. That would be like, well, we have done this, uh, made movies in like um, black and white and stuff like that, which makes great movies. Was it like Sin City? Y'all remember yeah, that movie? Yeah, Is it yeah. like black and white? So, I mean, we've we've done things to go back to old. Um, I mean, thinking about Stranger Things, you know, that everything's, was it the 70s or 80s that TV show is... It's put in, yeah. yeah, I think, but like old is great sometimes because it gives like this vintage feel to it. But a lot of times it's like, yo, what are we doing? We're in 2022, like, use use the technology that we have. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it, music creativity cannot be replaced like with mm-hmm. AI, like it, but we have to realize the technology, the real advantage of it is it makes what we do faster. It's not so much of it's better. Mm-hmm. It's just faster. Like being able to use ozone and just hit a button just gets you to where you were already going faster. Mm-hmm. Like a Tesla. It's just, <laughs> it's just getting you where you were already going in your Honda Civic just faster. So that that's how we really need to really just look at it, in my opinion. Have you ever heard that like phrase about the... Um I think I think it was Edison or something talking about the light bulb, which he didn't invent. But that's a separate story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to get sidetracked into Edison. I could go for days. But douchebag, total douche. Edison sucks. Yeah, I got the shirt. And um, basically, he was saying like I, I took uh, whatever it was like a thousand million whatever it is. It's like yeah. a thousand tries. But um, it took a thousand tries of like learning how to not make a light bulb yeah, to learn yeah. how to do it right. I feel like with AI, you get to at least the 690th version first. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the same process, but you got to understand what we put into artificial intelligence is what we understand about basic patterns. Mm-hmm. So you're plugging in like an equation or something that basically knows how to circle in on results yeah. or run hypothetical simulations to get a general idea like, I'll knock that bottle over. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like it kind of it's that's all it's really at play there. It's based off of our knowledge or our experiences and then it's running that exponentially. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it makes its decisions kind of yeah. thing. But um yeah, I feel like that you're you're absolutely right. It makes things faster cuz you don't you're not like doing the the work yourself. You're not like oh that didn't work. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like it's probably his, sir. Uh, thanks, you know? Like, yeah. you know you seen Iron Man? Yeah, yeah. He's got a Jarvis. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> really it. You know what the music industry needs AI-wise? Does Not mixing, not mastering, not writing songs. A manager. A band <laughs> yes. manager. That's an AI. An AI just, manager. Watch, watch that become illegal like that. The that second they're like, yeah. It's like <laughs> so I, I could see, check this out. I could see if you are a band. So if you have an Instagram profile and you mark that you are a band or an artist, they could... Instagram, I'm putting this out there, or Facebook, Meta. Mm-hmm. Dang, I had to go through all those. <laughs> Meta. Great idea. You buy Hootsuite and all these other apps that help you uh, post stuff. And if you're an artist and you have like an artist profile, you allow Hootsuite and other platforms and apps tell you what to post and when to post. 
that would be your manager. That would be like your artificial manager. That would be sick. I would love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, because that's that what be um, Hootsuite and there's there's some other apps. There's an app called like Time to Post. Mm-hmm. But they literally just like you input. I think you so you make a few posts and then it analyzes your posts and it analyzes like how many people saw your post, how many people interacted with your post uh, when your followers are online. And then it tells you like, oh, you should post at this time. Mm-hmm. So if they did that and integrated that with like an artist profile, that would be your artificial manager is basically yeah. telling you when to post and what to post. That would be great. That'd be, that'd be, wait, so this doesn't like exist. This does not right? exist. Oh, my God. I was so <laughs> I was seriously going to be like, we're going to find it. I was going to be like, damn, why don't we have it? Now, those, those apps that tell you when the post exists, but it is not integrated into Instagram. All the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if it was that, integrated, yeah. that would that would be your artificial manager right there. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's get on that. Yeah. Hey, just for fun, you should program an artificial manager that turns evil to get one that acts just like the colonels. <laughs> oh, crap. It takes all your money. It worked for Elvis. Hey, can I? This program's here to teach you a lesson. Are you better can than I Elvis? 100, can I get 100? You want to be as famous as Elvis? Are you too good Turn for Elvis fame? <laughs> Activate Colonel. He'll book all the shows. Hey, he's like, can I get $100 for clothes? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> Even I'm like, sorry, Dave. Have you ever heard of Bands in Town? The, it's a website. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even something like that could tell you like when and where to book a show. If they had some sort of automation for that, it would be like, all right, there's going to be a certain amount of people in this area, this time frame, book a show at this time. That would be super simple. I mean, mm. I'm just throwing these ideas out there for anybody who wants, <laughs> who wants to make this stuff. But yeah, it definitely won't be us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not coming from but the ideas are coming yeah, from yeah these aren't golden ideas yeah. these are golden ideas like because that's a need that's totally a need yeah and even like the dolls are starting to become great like um mm-hmm. as i was telling you about luna um it's it's got something that's really cool it's got a console aspect to it so basically um if you wanted the sound of a neve or an api console oh. It's got yeah, um, pre-amp it, emulators. That's yeah, awesome. it's got yeah. emulators for just literally the the meters for Neve. So oh, all okay. all your trimming and everything makes it emulate as if you were mixing through a Neve or API board. And no other DAW can do that except Luna because Universal Audio owns like the copyrights to all those uh, plugins and everything. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that kind of stuff is completely changing the game to older engineers who are used to mixing with like outboard gear, like a, you know, physically turning knobs and stuff. Now you've got all this, um, they call it in the box, you know, you're mixing mm-hmm. in the box. So that's all I've ever, that's all I've ever done, dude. Like, like, uh, I've been, like I've recorded in <laughs> studios before mm-hmm. and they gave me shit because like, I was like the guy recording the band, mm-hmm. you know, like it was like some real DIY shit yeah, yeah. and we did everything in the box mm. and they were like, why aren't you using this board? Why aren't you using this? I'm like, oh, for do. what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, what dude? So I can like be like, mm, yeah, I'm like, I turn that shit up. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care. You know, it sounds just as good. Like it's fine. Yeah. You know, like I understand running through like outboard effects and stuff like that, obviously, like, especially like I'm a big fan of, like outboard guitar pedals and stuff and just mm. running digital sounds through those. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, besides that, that's only outboard gear I'd ever use mm. really. Cause I mean, like you said, those emulators now, like there's one in Ableton, like the latest version of Ableton. That's just nuts. Like, mm. you know, it sounds 
better than yeah. a lot of the outboard gear stuff, especially the older models. Like, what are you saying? The API? Yeah, yeah. The big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. When it has those, like, meters up top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, like, I think it competes with those. I mean, yeah. I'm, like, there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with me and call me an idiot. I might be, but, like, that's I've, my opinion. I've like, heard some of the right? best, <laughs> um, some of the best engineers, they have said that, that plug-in emulations are getting really close yeah, to really the close. analog gear. And then also heard um, on the podcast, uh, Bobby Oskinski, they were talking about how um, the younger age group who makes music, it's irrelevant. Like, who cares what an LA-2A sounds like? Who cares what a Pultec EQ sounds like? Because they didn't grow up listening to that. So it doesn't matter. If anything, it's mm-hmm. an yeah. impurity. Yeah. The, the emulation yeah. is yeah. pointless. Just give me an EQ I can use. I had you know that what thought mean? the other day. Yeah, you know, yeah. You have that thought as you get older. And I was just thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> I was pondering. Thinking. Not very We're hard. We're getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a give and take. Um, Teamwork. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this, though. Like, what you're saying. Like, literally, like. The things that we would think of, of like, even as a songwriter, like, because that's like a, the perspective I was thinking of. I was like trying to like, man, I really want to make a song kind of does this bit. And then I was like, I feel like <laughs> in a way that sort of becomes the, the sort of pattern, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, uh, I guess the one thing to, to be aware of is like as technology changes, like you're, what you want to recreate, for example the next audience that might hear that might not have the same like reference. Yeah. So yeah. like what made that snare so good? Maybe the rest of the mix was bad. And <laughs> so then you're like, you notice the snare, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Snare baby. Like, and it, it, maybe the kick's really good and that's what made the song good for you. Mm-hmm. And so you associate like that tape, that lo-fi or like, you know, I, I like some lo-fi stuff. It's really just what the vibe is for me. But mm. I will say like, I think that for sure, if you don't, have a reason to recreate that or you don't have like a basis of like why you should like that. Yeah. It may not be tasteful. Okay. So one I hate, I hate all of Phil Collins drum sounds. Hmm. They sound so lame. And this is like academically wrong. What I'm saying right now, like this is, this is like this changed music, what he did with drums, Hmm. but I didn't like it. So (laughs) that's like, it's all about preference, but at the same time, I, I, because of that, there's like a group of like eighties drum sound. That's like, eh, but like Queen was great. I like Queen's drum sound mm-hmm. it was awesome. Um, Michael Jackson, we talked about him earlier, mm-hmm. dude. Michael Jackson. I looked him up earlier. He's got like sixty something million streams right now. Oh really? Monthly, <laughs> monthly, <laughs> monthly on Spotify. Oh Upwards of sixty God. million That's monthly so listeners. That's so crazy. Make oh good beats, God. man. Billy Jane's a bop. That's so <laughs> I listen to Thriller every Halloween, dude. Like <laughs> everybody does, and that's so. That's and I so do. We're, we're part of that sixty million one month out of the year, man. Yeah. <laughs> but as you were saying, like literally, so if somebody's like, "Man, that that snare doesn't sound like a '70s snare. We we need to change it." It's mm-hmm. like, who cares? Like you know, people who are um, like I've been working with Sun Person, this 17-year-old kid who is great at music in this in this area. But like like talking to him about stuff, I'm like, this is so weird. Like you're 17 and you're uh, the big thing he's been doing is um like hyper pop. You know, that's like his this genre. Yes. You know yes. hyper pop. Oh is? yeah. Obsessed with it. It's awesome. <laughs> he told me about hyper pop. I'd never even heard of it. And then I'm like, this actually sounds like older music 
It just mm-hmm. sounds like the dubstep version of like older music, older electronic music. That's all this sounds like. So his generation thinks they invented this genre when really they just reinvented an older genre. In my opinion, that's how mm-hmm. I feel about it. So it's it's crazy how the younger people are they don't understand that what they're using was already there, but they just, they don't care mm-hmm. because that's not what they're used to. Like older people are like, Oh, that's just something like, you know, y'all just doing something we already did, but like they don't care because they're not used to it. So it, it's great for music though. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I'm making a prediction right now. I feel like do doo-wop is going to come back in a really big way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like, all that shit. Yeah, that's gonna get re- that's gonna get redone. It's coming soon. back, you know, like the whole hyper pop. Has somebody next. get ready after that? Uh, second back. line music. I don't know. Has somebody been yeah. doing it? Huh? Has somebody recently been doing it, or you're just that's making a, a random uh, guess? No, there, there's a. I kind of feel like there oh, has been. Oh God, actually. what's that guy's name? Uh, you don't oh. know a duop group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know a guy who yeah. no, the I know it's not a duop group. It's a oh, one it's man duop. It's a one man duop. Yes, it is. It's, it's one a, guy. I'll be bump. You're the one, or no? Who? What is his name? The guy that does all the microtones. Um, oh, Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier is, is a one man doo-wop group. I guess. Oh wow. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you didn't think of him though. You didn't think of him. That's not your point. That's you don't get fair. that. Oh, you don't. You didn't know who he was. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, he'll come back of. to me. He, he's from like he plays down in Oxford. He's really good. I can't remember. You're making this up. I'm not. He's, like, <laughs> he's really good, man. Oh, it's gonna bother me. Hold on. Let me get off my phone. Give me a second. <laughs> Watch it be Jacob Collier. Please carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What we've got rolling up is um basically like that new world show I was telling you about was kind of mm-hmm. like the kickoff start of the pandemic uncertain faceless journey of what comes next. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's that big album we're working on. It's going to be called The New World, and our goal with that is really to like incorporate other uh, Memphis musicians. Mm-hmm. Um. I know I was talking with um Tyler Mayberry. Um. I don't know if you know him, but he mm-hmm. plays in a few bands around here. Um. Grand Theft Autumn. What's his other group that he plays with? Soul Smasher, Dream Crusher. No, that's that's Tyler's group. Good yes. God. You got that all wrong. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> it's Dream Crusher, Hope yeah. Smasher. But yeah. yeah, although I did talk to Tyler. Tyler <laughs> oh. might actually come and play as Telly on some stuff. Dude, that is okay, but, yeah. yeah. Such a gnarly name. <laughs> wrong Tyler. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, crap. yeah, two Tylers. There's two Tylers yeah. in the room. Oh, snap. All right, well, the other Tyler's a bass player. And um, I was going to let him play, because I play bass for us, so I was going to let him like do the bass just completely different sound and just kind of see what we got there but this could all flop it's just kind of an idea of like let's just get everybody together see if the vibe carries through you know Mm. but that's like the that's the thing that's like i guess we're building towards you know what i mean okay cool um yeah so let's go ahead and wrap this up uh you you were giving some stuff what y'all doing but um can you elaborate a little bit more? Uh, what what you got coming out? You said you've got a song. In six days. Six days? Uh, okay. The song will be called Going Away, um, and it's going to be coming out on the 26th. Is that a Saturday or Friday? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Friday. So it's going to be coming out on a Friday on uh, the 26th. That's John's song, Going Away. And then from there, we'll have an EP coming out um, either late November or early December. Um, we're mostly looking at a venue right now uh, to confirm. We have the EP ready, but we're just waiting to confirm because we want the release to be on like the day that we perform yeah, yeah. Um, just to make it a little more special. But, you know, also looking at COVID trying to stay like flexible on numbers and that because Memphis is a 
Yeah. Shifty city, so you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, how everybody can reach y'all, uh, emails, websites, Instagrams, Twitters, whatever. Just go um, ahead. Yeah, you can um, message us on Instagram or Facebook if you follow us there. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, every every streaming thing out there, whatever you use. Uh, just look up Flirting with Sincerity and we'll be there. Um, and, uh, and YouTube, too. It's free on YouTube. And, um, yeah, that's basically what we've got rolling out now. Um, email uh, would be flirtingwithsincerity at Yahoo. If you have any interesting endeavors, let us know. We're always looking for op. <laughs> always looking for op. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we miss anything? You got anything else? Uh, that guy's name was Dent May. Dent Back May. to the doo-wop discussion. Oh, that was it. Yeah. And <laughs> the garden I was telling you about in Atlanta. Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite simple. My mom just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks for having us on, man. This was yeah, so awesome. Fun. Yeah, this was a lot yeah. of fun, man. Yeah, awesome. great having you yeah. on for sure. Alrighty. Well, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.